The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. All right, everyone, Kristen and I are back for another day of CQ Radio. We have our producer Cam with us to answer <laughs> some emails. Uh, from you guys, you listeners, please keep sending them in. We love to have shows like this and answer all your questions. So there are a lot of questions this time. So let's see how quickly we can get through them. Do we have some funny ones? Well, I feel like some are all a little funny. This first one, however, is not. Okay. Connie from Granada Hills emailed, Hi, ladies. I am just about to file for a divorce, but have a few questions that will come up in the future. Who gets to choose the real estate agent during a divorce? It is, a, is it a good idea to negotiate property and custody at the same time? Thanks, Queens. I'll be tuning in for my answer. Uh, let's make this super quick so we can get to many. With respect to the real estate agent, if you and your partner or your spouse have, have worked with one in the past and you have one that you like and trust, then I would say stick to that one. If that if there is not one that both sides like and trust or that person was friends with one and then it's a conflict, then the way that I suggest, and, and I think it's pretty common amongst the practice, is one attorney suggests three and the other attorney picks one. And sometimes it can be, you know, I work with many, many real estate agents just throughout the years. And it might be someone that I know is a specialist in that area. And that, or it might be, you know, hey, I don't know that specific city. I go on Zillow, I do my research and I send the other attorney three. But do not spend attorney's fees on picking a real estate agent. you know, it, it generally doesn't make that big of a difference. If you have a realtor that's willing to take a lower percentage, then obviously that's something you may want to entertain. But my feeling is you get what you pay for. Uh, with respect to settling different issues at different times, I am someone that if settlement is on the table, I start with uh, a global settlement proposal and then we go from there. If there, if one party or both parties are agreeable to a custody schedule or the attorneys are simply memorializing in an agreement, something that the parties are actually already doing, then there is a reason why I would bifurcate that issue and do a stipulation just on custody visitation to make actual court orders and then continue with settling the other issues. I, I could see, I could see where it would be important to do that with the sale of a house as well, especially with the market. Perfectly put, Kristen. Wow, that's getting like a hundred on a test. <laughs> Amazing. All right, ready for the next. Fiona from La Puente emailed in. Hey, Kristen and Sam, I listen all the time. Exclamation point. Hi, Fiona. I wanted to know what are some of the self-care rituals you both do daily. Thanks, ladies. Be well. <laughs> That's a fun one. That is a fun one. I was actually trying to think of what I do every day. Um, I, you're going to laugh. Sam's going to laugh. Well, Sam knows me. Um, I have about six robot vacuums in my house. <laughs> I have three that mop my floor. 
the Bravo M6 is legit. Very, very good. Very worth the money, life-saving. Um, and then I have three or four uh, that do my carpet upstairs. So to me, that is a self-help ritual. I cannot stand uh, the floors not having the lines of being vacuumed. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like my life is in order even when it's absolute chaos. So uh, it's kind of like brushing my teeth, brush my teeth, go straight, turn on the vacuums. Drives my husband absolutely insane, uh, but that is a ritual. Um, and I am also really big on skincare. Um, I think it's good for just obviously your skin, but it's also a routine for me and it calms me. And you know what? I love the Peloton and I'm not going to lie. I haven't got on it in a while, but it is sitting in my loft. It is calling my name. And you know what, Fiona, you might be just what I needed to put that back in my routine. Sam, what's your ritual? So I coffee. Mean, yeah, coffee is a huge one for me. Um, I have this really awful smelling green juice that tastes fabulous um, that everyone else hates. But I think for me, I was actually just joking with my sister recently. Um, my self-care is being cozy, right? So it's like, it's all the pursuit of coziness for me. Whether it's a cozy pair of socks, pants, blanket, whatever it is, there's nothing that makes me more happy than like coming home from a long day of work and just honestly being as cozy as possible. Oh, 100% like, agree. Cozy above everything. I, I, I'm not a socks person. I don't really like socks. In fact, I'm not even wearing any right now. You don't have the right socks then. Uh, no, I just, my feet get hot and sweaty. There's cooling socks. But a good pair of sweatpants like Vori, okay, if you guys are listening, V-U-O-R-I.com, life-changing. Uh, I've heard about that. Athleisure wear. Yeah. Best, best, uh, sweats what are they called joggers best joggers out there life-changing um but i am not gonna lie sam and i had a photo shoot in uh, newport one time and i was wearing this dress that was very tight and and i literally was driving down jamboree going home and i could barely i was just was so uncomfortable in this dress i pulled over to a gas station and changed into a sweatshirt and sweatpants because i couldn't wait to get home so i am with you there girl the pursuit of cozy I, I love that name. Like, it should be a blanket line, the pursuit of cozy. cozy. My sister and I call it pajama time. Exactly. Like, it, Im immediately when we get home. It's a thing. It's time. Have you ever gotten a pajama gram? No. What's that? My boyfriend in college sent me one. It, they're literally like, uh, you can send, it's called pajama gram. And you can, instead of sending someone flowers, you can send them pajamas. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, I would so like picky. to receive And they are pajamas. not cheap. They are not cheap. Uh, they have a... Yeah, uh, you know, I know what I'm going to get you now for your birthday. Pajama yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, Sam's the easiest person to shop for because it's like Ugg boots. She doesn't even know, but I got her the cutest pair of Uggs that are sitting on her desk at work, but she hasn't been back for the last couple of days. It sounds cozy. Uh, but yeah, Ugg boots, sweats, <laughs> and her and I are both big hoodie girls. Yep. Exactly All right. right. You ladies ready for the next one? Jared from North Hollywood emailed in, Hi, custody queens. I'm going to get a divorce, and this is my first marriage. We were high school sweethearts, but have grown apart. I have basically grown up with my soon-to-be ex and now have assets I didn't have when we got married. What is financial mediation? Why should I agree to do this? Who picks the mediator? Thanks, ladies. I appreciate your help. 
Well, you know, mediation in general is an attempt to settle your issues out of court. Um, there are several different kinds of mediation, and I think we've touched on it previously, but um, if you're doing a true mediation, you would have a mediator who's a neutral party, not giving advice to either person per se. They're really sitting there trying to facilitate a settlement. That can be a good option for you. Um, just because you've been married for a long time and maybe very civil doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't obtain your own attorney though even if it is a very amicable process so Kristen and I a lot of times will have a client who cares very deeply about their soon-to-be um, ex and they retain us and their ex retains an attorney and we work together to stay out of court completely and that's the best case scenario if we can avoid court we want to avoid court sometimes as we say, it's not practical to avoid it, but sometimes it is very practical, especially if there aren't young children or you have an agreement regarding your children. That's kind of a huge aspect. But when you talk about assets and debts and support, if everyone's on the same page, you're just facilitating the end of that agreement. Yeah. And I haven't heard of financial mediation too often. I'm assuming it's just that maybe, Jared, you, you and your wife don't have any children. And so it's more focused on the financial aspects. Uh, but if you want to call us at 1-800-419-7772, that's 1-800-419-7772. Sam and I can talk about what your options are, what we recommend best after knowing the the extent of the assets, the property, all of that. Uh, there are a few mediators that do it that aren't attorneys. Um, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I do think it's important to use someone that understands the laws and how the process works. Um, and with picking a mediator, generally, um, if we were just to represent you and she were to go get her own attorney, then we could negotiate between the two attorneys. Uh, but if you and your wife are picking a mediator, you know, here's a suggestion. Why don't you go each pick three and or each pick two, throw them in a bowl and pull one out? Because, you know, that that's really what it is. It's, it's just not letting one of you use the mediator that was your choice uh, without the other person feeling like they had a chance. Again, mediation is when you both don't get exactly what you want. But when you have significant assets, I would definitely recommend calling an attorney to make sure that this is the best route for you. But Jared, I, at high school sweetheart, man, that it's going to be a difficult road. But just remember, your relationship with her is changing and that's it. You guys can get through this. You can still be amicable and you still have a whole you know, lifetime of memories that you guys have built together. So try to remember how you felt about her through this whole marriage and don't just focus on what's going on right now. I think that's great advice. Kristen, you're going to love this next question. Missy from Culver City emailed in, Hey, Queens, Kristen, I love SEAL Team 2. <laughs> <laughs> My girl! Right? I need a... A new binge-worthy show. What are you into now? What's your guilty pleasure show? Thanks. Oh my gosh. I love you, girl. Um, I have had so many people watch SEAL Team and tag me. I've had someone come up to my door recently telling me that they just started watching SEAL Team because of me. Um, they caught me in a super unflattering moment, though. Um, <laughs> you know, binge-worthy shows. Uh, I don't even know that I really want to admit some of mine. Um, I watch Below Deck. I watch pretty much everything on, on Bravo, to be honest. Uh, Southern Charm, Below Deck, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Did you start watching Selling the OC? Oh, I have not. That's on my... That's, that is tonight's 
you know, exciting thing for me. Um, Net or uh, selling Sunset is awesome, and then I'm also looking forward to the one with Kyle Richards and her husband. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's very similar to Selling Sunset. It's about the agency, the real estate empire that uh, that Mauricio has built. But you know, there's a show called The Split that I've been binge watching lately. And to be honest, I actually went all the way back to Sons of Anarchy season one. Ooh, um, love and, it. Oh, love me some Charlie Hunnam. If anyone knows him, um, totally would love for him to be a guest. <laughs> you know, and it's such a dark show and I have severe sleep issues already. Uh, very, very bad insomnia issues. So watching Sons of Anarchy before I go to bed was not the best choice, but I over about a three-week period, I started all the way back at season one and went all the way through season seven. And there were times where I wake up at three in the morning, which is almost every night, and I would just start watching, you know, Sons of Anarchy, which is so not healthy to do at three in the morning. But if you have not watched that show, my middle son is named after Jax Teller, who is Charlie Hunnam's character's name. My son is Brody Jax. So, oh, and then I also started watching Suits from season one. Oh, I love what Suits. What would Harvey Specter do? Because that's kind of how Sam and I are. We are boss ladies. Um, and that's actually on Amazon Prime if you have it. But that's what I'm binge watching right now. I'm a Lewis Lit kind of girl. Oh, <laughs> I am a Harvey Specter and Sam is my 1000%. <laughs> um, have you seen, I haven't seen it yet, but my sister recommended, I think it's called She-Hulk. On Netflix. Oh, have, she's an attorney. She's an attorney. Oh, like a I have attorney. not. I have not heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't checked it I've out yet. I've seen it on I buses. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. And then there's a show called The Split, which is about um, divorce and the process after, and it's based in the UK, I think. But I've heard that I've only watched one episode, but I've heard the whole season. There's a couple seasons is very good as well. All right. I went back and watched True Blood. That was my guilty pleasure. You know, I never watched that show. Watch, Kristen. I've never watched that show. I've watched every episode of SEAL Team about 15 times. You need to go and watch True Blood. And you You're never out of the fight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrope. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Allison from Redondo Beach emailed in, Hi, custody queens. I'm divorcing my husband who is very immature and our daughter is young. I feel he has no idea how to take care of our daughter if he's awarded any time with her, which I'm sure he will be. Can I suggest a parenting class? Can this be a mandatory part of the custody proceedings? If so, how do you even find one? Thanks, ladies. I so appreciate your advice. Well, you know, yes, you can request that the court have you participate in parenting or co-parenting classes that are available. Depending on the type of case, I sometimes recommend uh, co-parenting or parenting therapy. I think it's a little more of an intensive process and sometimes it can kind of peel away some of the issues and improve them. Um, either works. Some of my um, kind of downsides to parenting classes that I've seen is a lot of them will be like online or a couple of hours. And that really isn't gonna do much for you normally for the longevity of your co-parenting relationship. So I would say 
there are programs out there, if not therapy, but doing something is a good thing um, for your co-parenting relationship. And I think that that's the point. But um, what works for you will be different depending on on the people. And don't get freaked out by the word therapy. It's just really a safe environment for both parents to go in and work with a professional that can take both of your sides and both of your positions and then also include the best interest of the child to try to come up with a plan that works for everybody. And this issue comes up a lot. I actually just had a friend very recently, a couple days ago, text me the exact same question. And obviously one of the number one questions that I would ask is how old is your child or children? How involved is the other parent? Um, Are you still living together? All of those questions affect uh, what my answer would be. But this is what I, you know, told a good friend of mine is that that parent will never know how to be a good parent unless they are forced to do so, right? If you have a spouse that goes out a lot and is acting immature and is really enjoying his or her single life, um, you still have to give them the opportunity to be a good parent. Yeah, that's exactly that. To me, that's a huge, huge point, because even if you're right, like, hey, this other parent needs a lot of work. I can almost promise you without meeting him that if you tell him he needs a lot of work before he's allowed to be around our children or something to that effect, you're going to shut him off completely. He's not going to want to. And so there is a dance. There's a verbiage. There is a way, um, although it's not uniform, to really be appropriately working together as a team, not one in front of the other. And I think that's a really big point. Yeah. And when you come in gun blazing and left, unless there is a safety concern, you got to be really careful with your strategy, because when you file that motion and you request sole legal, sole physical, and there's really no safety concern and your biggest you know, reasoning is, well, he's, you know, uh, he's out a lot. He's with his friends. I don't like his friend, um, you know, but the, basically that's it. He just he doesn't help me with feeding and bath time. Uh, that's not going to be enough for a court to say that parent can't have significant time with the child. And all you're going to do is make that parent make it a war between you and him or him and her. So you got to remember that you have to hate. You have to remember that you have to love your child or children more than you hate your ex, at least for the time being. Because when people just split, emotions are high. I get it. And as new moms, we are very territorial and we often believe that the other parent may not understand everything we do. Uh, That doesn't change often as the, the children get older. But you have to give that parent the ability to learn how to do it. Some of those parents will never learn. They won't care. They won't want to. And a lot of times in my experience is if you give that parent the option of having equal time, they may not want it. Yeah. And and I also think like if you take it down to an example of like, you know, the other parent asking for an extra Saturday or something like that, and you're pissed off because they asked way too late and you already have plans. And maybe you're right to say no in that example. But then you have to think, well, what happens when the reverse is true, when you need the extra day, when you have a vacation and you want to go on, you need to open up the co-parenting environment rather than shut it down. And what I like to always say is instead of saying I let my ex or I I let the father or mother of my children 
um, have an extra Saturday, what I always say is do the analysis in your head. Is it in your child's best interest to spend a little more time with a parent that maybe doesn't get a lot of extra time? Or is it in your child's best interest to experience Disneyland for the day or go to a park or do something that is happy for them? If so, then the answer should be yes, despite your feelings for the other parent. And if you go through that thought process and your answer is still, no, it's not in the best interest of the child, ask yourself if you're just trying to be a problem, okay? Am I saying no because gosh darn it, he didn't follow the rule and he's not gonna let me have it, so absolutely not. If you are doing that, put yourself in check and and come to the conclusion you need to one way or the other. And the last thing I'm gonna say is you should be calling us on all these issues because this is not a one size fits all answer. And as much as we've tried to answer it generically, if your kid is six months and your kid is two versus eight, it's gonna be a completely different answer. But I can tell you from the time I started practicing until now, which is a long time, uh, fathers, and their rights and their visitation has increased significantly. I have heard judges say, even when I have not thought it was the right order, um, and I've been on both sides of it, but I have heard judges say to very young children, you know, parents of young children with a one month old, well, mom can pump and dad can have three hours every day, five days a week. You know, and obviously that's hard for a new mom to pump that much. And then dad thinks he should get more time because it's a brand new baby. But the amount of time that dads have been awarded over the last few years has increased significantly. And I actually think it's for the better because I don't think any parent should look at their child as a bargaining chip or a possession. And Sam and I are both extremely close to our fathers. And, and so I think new moms, you have to really allow those dads to grow into the role outside of what the relationship was between you and him and give them the opportunity to do it. And not all of them will, neither will every mom, but give them the opportunity to try. So in other words, let love rule. Let love, let love rule. rule. All right. And call us for a more personalized assessment. <laughs> so maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, uh, next, Yana from Commerce wrote, Hello, Custody Queens. I have a question that I really need answered. My ex and I have been divorced for two years. He is remarried. We have two kids. He always claims to the court he makes little to no money with his job and has to watch his child from his new marriage. His wife makes a lot of money, and I know he is making more money than he tells the courts about. Everything is in the wife's name. How do I get more money from him? How do I find out if he's hiding money, which I'm sure he is? He is very sneaky, and I'm fed up. Thanks, ladies. Well, that's actually a question that's gonna be really hard to answer in a minute. So I would encourage you to give us a call, but in reality, it's your burden to prove how much money he's making if he's not admitting it. And you have to spend money on discovery to find the money. So if you're telling me that you believe that he's making $100,000 a year and he's claiming $1,000 a month, then that would be worth it to try to get the money to hire an attorney, to subpoena documents, to go through his bank statements, go through his credit card, see if there's cash deposits. Uh, but you gotta spend money to find money. If, you know, 
He's driving a car that has roll-up windows, and he's clearly not um, looking like he's living a very expensive lifestyle, and he's just getting by, then I don't know that it's worth $20,000 to go spend on attorney's fees to try to get $1,000 a month. But... It, it, you got to really do your math and assess the situation. But attorneys, we have a lot of discovery options. We can do form interrogatories. We can do demand for production of documents. We can subpoena pretty much anything with that person's social security number. If they're on it, we can subpoena loan documents, uh, loan applications, car applications. I can't tell you how many people lie on car applications. I don't know why people need to put that they are a partner at a law firm making $500,000 a year to lease a BMW um, when they don't make that. And guess what? That's evidence. And the court can impute you at the income that you put on your application. I've been on both sides of that one, too. So um, call us at 1-800-419-7772. That is 1-800-419-7772. But ask an attorney that you trust. And I generally assess what I think it will cost in discovery to get the information I need versus how much it's going to cost and how much of a hardship it's going to be for my client to find that money and balance those against what I think the support order would be. Yeah. And just to briefly add to that, uh, in addition to discovery to potentially find missing income, there's other ways Kristen touched on, like the imputation of income. Generally speaking, new spouse income isn't going to be considered. That's not always true, though. There is an extraordinary um, exception to that. And so you want to make sure that you flush through all potential options, hiding assets, what their actual income could be if they were fully marketable and potentially a new spouse exception. But that, again, one is very, very rare. So I would encourage you guys to reach out. And their new spouse's income can also help with attorney's fees as well. So it may not, like Sam said, it may not uh, be a significant factor aside from what Sam talked about with respect to um, support, but it definitely can help with respect to attorney's fees. And, and the reason for that is because it's access to funds. So there's several different ways that you can get attorney fees, and one of them is a need and disparity. So if even if the court won't attribute a particular income to you because it's your new spouse income, if your new spouse income gives rise to the greater ability to you to have attorney's fees, you may have an argument on the other side that you need some help and that they can help pay for it. So that's something to consider as well. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right. I think we can squeeze in one more. What do you think? Okay. Jesse from Azusa emailed in. Hi, Custody Queens. I have a personal question. Given your profession and knowing what you know now and have seen, would either of you ever get married without a prenup? Thanks, ladies. Love the show. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Um, well, when I got married, I had nothing but debt. 
<laughs> so I don't think I think my husband was worth far more than me at the time I got married. But if I were to ever get married again, I would absolutely have a premarital agreement drafted. We do those at our office. We have a couple attorneys that uh, do them very, very regularly. And I don't think that they're a negative thing. All you're doing up front is saying what each person had or is expected to receive at the time the marriage I almost said consummated <laughs> at the time of the marriage. So, you know, everyone go, oh, I, I would be totally upset if my spouse or my soon-to-be spouse gave me a prenup. I'm like, why? You're setting boundaries right from the beginning. You both understand what you have. It's just, it's getting business out of the way. So. But yeah, so with a premarital agreement, I agree with Kristen. There's too much of a negative connotation for it. Like, oh, he or she wants a prenup, so that means they don't love me. That's really not true. You're establishing expectations. It's a complicated document. It actually requires several outside writings. And for someone that maybe is the quote unquote outspouse that doesn't have a lot of um, finances and they're going into a marriage, this document could still be pretty protective of you and establish some expectations for future support for you and some future assets. So you should look into it and everyone needs an attorney in this. I know that there's some different exceptions to not have an attorney. Don't but mess every, around with those exceptions. Yeah, it, I'm not saying ignore them, but get an attorney. Uh, but you should always, always go through that consultation before you get married. Agreed. And uh, one last thing, you prenups cannot prospectively put a child support a child support number so they can put anything that the parties agree on with respect to spousal support but spousal support is one thing and child support is another so you cannot say that child support will be five dollars before you even have kids because that's not going to fly you also generally can't uh, put that one parent has sole legal, sole physical custody in the prenup as well because everything is subject to modification as the children get older and circumstances change. But again, call us at 1-800-419-7772. Every case is different. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Sam and I hope you guys enjoyed spending the morning with us because we love spending the morning with you guys. Until next time, let, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between You can count on us, we're the custody queens Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.